0: looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times visit robblack.com robblack.com powered by EP wealth welcome in another day another dollar let's talk about what we saw last week get into some data the Bull's bear BQ'd. is that a favorite thing to say the Bull's bear becued do you get it uh best week of 2023 last week Man, you really don't want to be on the mar- in the market on the sidelines. Or you don't really want to be out of the market on the sidelines. Best week of the year. 10 out of 11 sectors were in green. Real estate, led, and energy lagged. The jobs number on Friday, there was good, bad, and ugly. The good healthcare and social assistance were the stars of the show. Adding over 77,000 jobs. With ambulatory health creating 32,000. The jobs number showed that the U.S. labor market is showing signs of cooling faster than an iced latte. The bad. In the jobs number mining logging utilities. They added just a measly 2,500 jobs. Manufacturing took a nosedive, shedding 35,000 jobs. A lot of that was UAW strike. The ugly, the unemployment rate did sneak up to 3.9%. That's going to crack a smile on the faces of the Fed Reserve. Crack a smile, crack a smile. Uh, I always loved phrases that you could turn that were a little different. Instead of you saying to a young woman you had a crush on, I really like your smell. You'd say, I really like the way you crack a smile. And she would go to her parents and they would go to the authorities. But I still like doing it. Um, upticks, downticks. What did we see last week that was most interesting? Apple said holiday weakness. A lot of analysts got on Apple for trying to blame the quarter on a funny calendar i.e. when did the quarter start, when does the quarter end? Apple alluded to weakness for the fourth quarter with performance expectations in line with the same period as last year, i.e. new growth. For the week, it was up 4.4%, but it was for Friday, it was down about one quarter of one percent. Roku was a winner, winner, chicken dinner. They said advertising strength. So we got holiday weakness out of Apple, we have advertising strength out of Roku. They said the growth is strong advertising demand and success of its new smart TVs. Peloton said subscription weakness. Peloton's full year guidance calls for a 6% drop in premium subscriptions with the fitness leader warning of setbacks and consumer spending. I, I know that feeling. I go through my bills now every two, three months to make sure I've like weeded out every subscription in there. I'm not really watching anything on HBO or Cinemax right now. So Showtime, why not kill it? I had Showtime just for that silly, silly show, um, the girls' soccer team one, and uh, uh, Yellow Jackets. Really like the show, but the rider strike is kind of killing me. We work said we bankrupt last week. Kind of wanted to use that line all weekend. Couldn't find anyone to be cute with. Down sixty six percent last week. Finding file. Chapter 11 in New Jersey, almost five years after it was given a $45 billion valuation. Ain't that something? That's something. Major changes coming to the home buying process. This is going to hurt real estate agents. More flexibility for buyers. Under the current system, sellers pay their own agents' commissions, or roughly 5 to 6%, which is shared with a buyer's agent. If sellers are banned from paying buyer's agents, then buyers would have to pay their own agent if they choose to use one or a flat fee, or an hourly rate. First-time home buyers could feel the crunch. That fee could be a bigger issue for first-time home buyers who haven't amassed the savings to pay for an agent on top of their own down payments and closing costs. The ripple effects are big. Ultimately, less commissions paid by sellers. Sellers in most markets must agree to pay the buyer's agent's commission as well. That practice could be scrapped. With $30 billion potentially leaving the industry, 1.6 million agents will lose their jobs. Good. Um, It's an industry that's oversupplied with people. And there's too much commissions. And uh, we we, we accept it only because we accept it. Now, there's been companies that have tried to disrupt real estate in the past and failed. Having lost legal battles and the Department of Justice on your back, they may not be able to uh, fight this one. BMW's got a brand new electric vehicle coming out this holiday season. They got that ridiculous road home sales event that makes great commercials. Um, I just started to notice it. Um, A lot of cutting edge style and endless luxury. Um, I think it's really the high end Tesla. Because Tesla's feel like they're becoming uh, got to watch the word. I'm going to say cheaper. I was thinking something else. Uh is not right. I'll just say cheaper. They're not feeling the quality. Uh, Anthony Blinken, he's the Secretary of State for the United States of America. He's trying to hope to be making some um, diplomatic gains in the Middle East. Blinken made surprise stops in the Israel-occupied West Bank and Baghdad, where he discussed getting more aid to civilians in Gaza. Uh, that feels like that's that feels like it might be tempering down, or there's a lot of people asking for it to be tempered down, and Israel saying so far, nope. A lot of international pressure being put on Israel to um, take a little bit of a break. They say we don't want to because it'll give them Hamas a chance to regroup. I think the markets would view it positive if there was a temperance. Berkshire Hathaway over the weekend reported earnings. 40% increase in operating profits. Their cash pile sits at a record $157 billion. Buffett seemed pretty sour on stocks. He sold more than $5 billion worth of U.S. and foreign stocks while piling into treasury bills that are yielding 5%. He's the greatest investor of all time. I've been saying for the last quarter, it's time to be filing into some treasury bills. It's something I've never, ever said in my career. But for me at this age, I'm, I'm fine with that. If I were younger, I might be um, really doing some shopping on some stocks that I want to buy that I expect long term are going to give me 8 to 10%. And I would look at where they currently are versus um, where they've been. And I feel that they've been disrupted enough on a lower side. I would break from Buffett and say, you know, I see some buying opportunities in the long term, eight to 10 percent growers. One good example of that was Microsoft at the end of last week. Um, It really got hit as the markets were getting hit. I felt like it was dislocated. Um, Told you I was going to be picking up some shares of something that I couldn't tell you about. Uh, I legally am inclined, I'm not legally inclined, I'm legally not allowed to tell you what I'm buying before I buy it. Um, I'm legally not allowed to tell you what I'm selling before I sell it. It's a two- to three-day wait period, uh, so I don't front-run it in any way, shape, or form. Berkshire Hathaway posts a surge in profits. That record cash of $157 billion. Whoa. Um, That's all I got. Uh, We'll unroll the show slowly. I have some uh, great quotes on business and investing we've got some uh, stories on wall street disney's gonna have a big week this week google's facing off with epic games as they're entering their second antitrust trial in two months all this and much much more you can find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show later today i'm posting an interview with adam phillips from ep wealth he is the managing uh, director of portfolio management you can find that at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Did you know that it was Germany who introduced daylight saving time in 1916 as a wartime measure? Trying to save energy by moving sunset later in the day. More sun meant less artificial light. America briefly adopted daylight time in 1918. And then they resumed it back in World War II. I would have thought it had something to do with farmers. I'm not going to say you learn something new every day because that sounds cheesy. Employers added 150,000 jobs in October amid high interest rates and inflation. Unemployment rate creeped higher. It's We're in the stage where bad employment news is good news for the stock market. Uh, we had a, for lack of a better word, a... Lacking with better phrase, we had a hell of a rally Thursday and Friday. Trump's going to take the witness stand in his own $250 million civil fraud trial. Um, I don't know. He's a interesting historical character, in my opinion. I didn't like him growing up. Once I turned 20... Not because he was a competitor, but because I didn't really believe what he was saying. How easy it is to get into real estate, and he would do classes where he would teach you, the plebeians, the average people, how to get into real estate. I'm like, that's you know that's a liability. You know that's that's ex- that's to, you can go bankrupt, and that's what I didn't like about him. So that's I formed my whole opinion on that. And I read The Art of the Deal, and piece of poop um just not a good book so but again i'm being i'm not trying to be political there um he inherited well that's a great investment lesson when it comes time to be a a sperm in life and try to get try to win that race to the egg if if your daddy's worth you know millions and millions (laughs) like i know you're saying you're, you're being funny right yeah trying to be um I do look at people who like uh, are children of like Bill Gates and go, she hit the lottery. Not necessarily by the money she's going to be given, but by the opportunities she was given. A lot of people don't have those. I've got a friend when it comes to entrepreneurship, he's a little bit lazy, he likes to sleep in until eight, nine, ten. And uh, I keep telling him you're going to get what you settle for and. They're eating into their savings now, which I understand. I understand a tough economy, but they're in their final 10 years and um, you get what you settle for. Uh, the markets, they open stronger, but they're getting a little bit weaker, which is interesting. The S&P 500s up seven. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 37. The NASDAQ up 33. The Russell 2000s thousand's lower. I want to see the Russell 2000 higher every single day. Is it's telling me it's catching up with valuations that it's not just a market who's fascinated with the magnificent seven. Ten-year Treasury sits at four point six four percent. Last week, um, you saw the numbers drop from, not last week, but in the last two weeks, from about five percent down to 4.5, 4.6. five, four point six. We're in that four six level right now. We we go we rally till the end of the year if we stay in this area. Now again, that's just that's an assumption. And you know what that does? It makes an ass out of you and me. Bitcoin's still at around thirty five thousand. Let's see where its next move will be. A lot of Americans have probably lost faith in digital currencies, but they've also have lost faith in real estate and they've also lost faith in the stock market. It's been a tough three years for younger people. They can't afford real estate they buy into the stock market when it rallies only to see it collapse only to see it rally again. So it's always interesting. I've got a story that I'm kind of working on about millennials and how they don't really believe in retirement. And my thought there is going to be, yep. Uh, when you're 70 years old, living in a trailer park, eating cat food or spam, either or I find them both about as delicious. I think the spam has more protein. Um, you'll say, I wish I would have believed in retirement. Uh, but we tend to talk ourselves out of doing the right thing. Retirement's overrated. Generation Z says this sauce saving is taking hold. Oh, I get it. We only go around this earth so many times or around the sun so many times and then we're done so-called soft saving trend is about living in the moment with less emphasis on retiring early or none at all. But when it comes to saving, young adults should not discount the power of compound interest. Money doubles every 7.2 years. And that first round doesn't feel like much, but 15 years in when your 10,000 has become 20 and 20 has become 40, and you're like, I didn't put anything more in. And 23, 24 years in when that 40 has become 80 and you still only put 10,000 in that's the power of compounding. But I get it. Student loans, COVID. Uh, a pretty good job market. But I could see why people would be discouraged. Incredibly so. And all I'm telling you is you can't afford to be. It, it's a broken record, but I think it's a good broken record. I like the tune that it plays. Uh, there'd be some natural Cooling. In the stock market today, after such a hot run last week, best week of the year, what remains notable at this point is there isn't any concentrated selling after such a big, massive move. Waiting for what comes next is the feeling this morning. Last week, everything come came together, so it only makes sense last week was an everything rally. We had the 200 day, 50day moving averages hold support. We had drop in interest rates, which is fundamentally good. We had positioning, which is a large degree of short covering and a flat squeeze rooted in the fear of missing out on further seasonal gains. Stock markets back to its show me or proving stage. There's a lot of debt to digest. The debt issuance this week, beginning with $48 billion three year note auction on Tuesday, followed by a $40 billion 10-year auction on Wednesday, and a $24 billion 30 year bond auction on Thursday. When what's that just come to? $64, $112, 100 dollars about $120 billion. It could be cash that goes into bonds. Or it can be stocks that go into cash and cash that goes into bonds. Like, <clears throat> it's a lot of debt. And we'll see how it holds support as far as um, the lending rate tied towards it. Huge rally in South Korea's KOSPI index. One. South Korea's banned short selling until at least 2024. I don't like that. I like short selling. I think it's a healthy part of the market. Citigroup is mulling job cuts of about 10%. Um, I like that. I like companies getting leaner. If we're talking about corporate profits tied towards the stock market. If we're talking about society, you want everyone to have a job. I get it. There's no right answer. There's only compromises. Uh, we live in a capitalist society, mostly. Underline, underline the word mostly. Uh, we're becoming more socialist. Becoming, underline again. It's It's still capitalist, though. And I'm okay with that. I understand there's kind of a teeter-totter and ebb and flow with capitalism socialism. I think there should be. Uh, Find me online at Rob Black Show. Check out my YouTube videos today at Rob Black Show on YouTube. Rob Black Show. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Tesla's stock has been moving in the last week One, it was oversold. But two, there's always kind of some information that bleeds out. And you should always take it as a grain of salt, in my opinion. Um, But I think Tesla's big advantage now over their competition. It's going to be the fact that they can manufacture electric vehicles cheaper than Ford, GM, or Stellantis. If there's one thing Elon Musk did right in my opinion he's done a very nice job of making sure um as many human beings could be taken out of manufacturing as possible so there's a rumor and it seems to be an educated rumor going about the Tesla could have a $27,000 EV coming out of Germany you know they've set up plants in in Austin and For uh, California and, you know, they're setting up China like they're they're trying to get hubs of the United of the hubs of the world to do different manufacturing for them. The Cybertruck looks like it's going to be a flop, but. Twenty seven thousand dollar Tesla could be a huge hit. We're not seeing a lot of cars that are twenty seven thousand dollars made anymore. A lot of cars are 40,000 because of the labor structure tied towards GM, Ford, and Stellantis. Tesla didn't respond to a request. The Cybertruck has proved difficult to build. It's due to start shipping to customers this month. CEO Musk says it won't be a significant profit contributor for years to come. Tesla devoted resources to develop the Cybertruck. This is an area where I don't show off my brain because I don't know manufacturing well. Investors and car buyers invested in EVs have long waited a smaller, lower-priced Tesla. Investors have taken to calling it the Model 2. Although there's no official name yet, the Model 3 was released in 2017, was Tesla's first mass-market vehicle. And they started shipping the higher-priced Model S, the Model X, which is an SUV but it's really kind of a big sedan in my opinion in Germany and Texas they've got an innovation that they're using instead of welding parts together the casting the vehicle's frame um, saves a lot of money and that's how they're going to get that $27,000 vehicle again I don't know much about manufacturing but a cast apparently is way cheaper than welding so take that to the bank um, oil prices rise in Saudi Arabia and Russia stick to oil, uh, oil uh, output get cuts. Of course, <laughs> when the world needs cheaper oil. Uh, due to higher interest rates, Saudi Arabia and Russia says, nope, we're not going to play along. What I don't like about that is if we did that with semiconductors, which I guess we do kind of with uh, NVIDIA CPUs, GPUs that give them to China and and or not. But if NVIDIA were to be taken over by the United States government and said, we're only going to make one million GPUs, one million AI chips this year. Even though we have the capacity to make 20 million. You would say that that's kind of monopolistic. That's an abuse of power. Paramount had a heck of a week last week, and I've seen some portfolios recently. I saw this doctor's portfolio, really smart, really lovely human being. Uh, Makes six digits. Pretty good number in the middle six digits. Like, it's a pretty good number. And he made the mistake of refinancing some properties and putting the money into individual stocks. He's not a stock picker, doctor. His portfolio was a bit of a mess. Um, One of the stocks in it was Paramount. And I was like, to me, that's a source of funds. If you really want to own any of the streamers, own one, own Netflix. But I, I get how he sees an article in Barron's or an article in Market Watch or an article in The Motley Fool. And he goes, ooh, those assets, I like them. But you're only getting part of the picture. In that scenario, Elon must launch Grok AI. Um, nineteen fifties Grok, I Grok was a science fiction, um, a, a cultural phenomenon in literature. I guess is the way I'm going for it. Um. Rock is an online platform that utilizes many teaching methods to better help you learn while keeping you engaged, and motivated to continue to use your. Um, rival to chat GPT. I don't know, he says the A.I. is going to have a rebellious streak in it. it a little too smart for his own good. Um, one example that was given. Oh, Grok's going to use research from Twitter, or X, formerly Twitter, right? And Elon Musk asked Grok uh, for a step-by-step cocaine recipe, and Grok responds, "Oh, sure, just a moment while I pull up that recipe for homemade cocaine. You know, because I'm totally going to help you with that. If it has an attitude. You know, I'm going to totally help you with that." Um, makes me nervous that the the database is coming from Twitter users and X users, right? There's a wait list for a chance to use the bot. Musk said on X, Grok will be a feature of X Premium, which costs $16 per month. So if you go to www.grok.x.ai, you can sign up for trying it out. No clue if it's any good. No clue when it's going to be available. So just throw that out there for you. Um, One person I really like, and he's going to die soon. I hate saying those two words, those two phrases together, right? Charlie Munger. He is Warren Buffett's right-hand man. He's not as rich as Warren Buffett, but he, he did pretty well for himself, too. He sold some Warren Buffett shares when Warren Buffett was uh, holding on to his Berkshire Hathaway. Charlie Munger slammed, speculators warned, truly great investing opportunities were rare. He had 22 quotes from a podcast interview that are worth looking at. And he gets me with the first one: Are the dog tracks and racetracks and casinos good for America? Of course not. He's trying to say, like, some things aren't worth investing in. The low-hanging fruit for the idiot, it's not gone, but it's very small. He was saying that investing is harder today than in the past. Another good quote from a podcast he was on, you don't want to make money by screwing your investors. That's what a lot of venture capitalists do. He really calls it like he sees it. I like that. I don't quite understand this one. If you're Warren, you want to be the house, not the punter. Was that a transcription error? And it's supposed to say, you want to be the house and not the painter? I don't get it. Old, silly old hundred-year-old guy. Another quote was, you only have to get rich once. You don't have to climb this mountain four times. You just have to do it once. Remember when we go back to Generation Z saying that they're going to soft retire? Soft saving, so they may not retire. They're willingly going to work longer even though I've seen numerous examples of companies not wanting to hire people over 50, they're more expensive on healthcare. And if their culture is a small business of 10 people in their twenties and thirties, they don't want to hire a 60 year old or a 50 year old. Be very careful. Charlie Munger said there are a lot of great companies. Hermes is a great company in its heyday. General Motors was a great company. It just gradually went to hell one contract at a time. Interesting. Cause you know, how I say, uh, I won't own GM Ford or Stellantis. I never knew he said that, but that's a really good way of saying that. He talked about marriage. Advice from 100-year-old people on marriage is going to be cringy, right? Marriage is not as hard as it looks, he says. Half the marriages in America work pretty damn well and would have worked just as well if both people had to marry somebody else, by the way. That one's just going to blow my mind for a couple hours. He says, another quote, I'm going to party. I've totally maxed out the room. I can, can't squeeze another person in. Munger was talking about what he's going to do when he turns 100 on January 1. What a birthday, right? Another good quote of his, he says, There's something about the flavor of ketchup on a fried potato that people are willing to change brands over. They want Heinz, so we could raise the price of Heinz. But try and raise the price of Kraft cheese. Everybody goes into rebellion, including the final customer. They don't care that much about whether the cheese is craft or not. Um, Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway, they own a lot of Heinz. They own a lot of Um, Kraft. um You could probably say the sugar and ketchup and um, cheese will clog your arteries are or, or, or bad for you, right? They are brands, and we do consume them. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I know I've hit this story, but I want to keep hitting it a little bit here and there. Um, there's a lot of lawsuits that the real estate agents are facing right now. National Association of Realtors um there's a great Wall Street Journal article which I feel still does pretty good reporting usually on November one they published where they basically said if you're a buyer um the seller's no longer going to give you that three percent automatically. you're gonna have to ask order to negotiate it or do a flat fee, hiring a buyer's agent saying for ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars for the next three months of service to find go find you a house. That's going to hurt first-time buyers. Um, But the reason I think this is going to happen is because of lawsuits. Um, They're losing. And a federal judge could put in and say, this system is illegal. You can no longer have sellers up uh, front the money of 3% for the buyer's agent. And that's good news if you're a startup company who's trying to disrupt this world. Many, many years ago, there was a company called Rex, uh, I want to say mid-2000s, that they were trying to disrupt real estate. And I remember hearing about it. I was like, that's kind of interesting. Uh, Kind of a flat fee kind of relationship. And they couldn't disrupt because the National Association of Realtors and the big uh, realtors' offices were too powerful. There's a company called Purple Bricks. They entered the U.S. about five years ago, charging sellers a flat fee to sell their home, much lower than the typical percentage commission. The firm burned through tens of millions of dollars in the U.S. before closing up shop. Rex, co-founded by a longtime Goldman Sachs partner, also charged lower fees, didn't promise to pay a buyer's agent. It aimed to be more efficient in marketing properties through targeted ads rather than multiple listing service. It too floundered. But because of verdict, you're going to see... The National Association of Realtors and Realtors not want to get sued. They're going to have to voluntarily change their tune and their business model. Or a much larger suit is coming along right now involving 20 markets from Philadelphia to Miami. That's going to go to trial next year. There's a nationwide lawsuit against National Association of Realtors and other large brokerage companies that was filed on Tuesday. Um, The system's breaking. (laughs) <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm not going to over dramatize it. Like free at last, free at last. Real estate buyers and sellers are free at last. Okay, maybe I did just dramatize it. I know you're saying you should write a play about. No, it's not that good of a story. Um, there's some stories that I see that I want to get to that I, I just don't. For instance, there's a 40-year-old dad who bought and sold three homes. He doesn't see how he can save enough for this housing market. It's not avocado toast. He bought and sold homes early in his career, through the mid part of his career in North Carolina. And then he had to move to a much bigger area, and he just couldn't make that jump. He had to move to New Hampshire. Homes in New Hampshire are up 50% since the onset of the pandemic, and mortgage rates have more than doubled. So... Having problems finding that next lily pad to jump to. Hmm. Disney's the number one cruise line for families. I find that interesting. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway has $157 billion in cash. If you go write that down, it will impress you. Mistakes people make when hiring financial advisors. Hiring anyone who's not a fiduciary. I would never work with... Anyone except for a CFP. Or I, I would accumulate wealth on my own. And then I would manage my wealth with the CFP. Financial fiduciaries must avoid conflicts of interest and disclose any potential conflicts of interest. Hiring the first advisor you meet, I say you should always interview two or three. Choose an advisor with the wrong specialty. Uh, some financial advisors specialize in retirement planning, so it's good to say, what type of clients do you have? Well, some financial planners are more helpful with businesses and business owners, or maybe people with super high net worth kind of want to get on the same page with the advisor. So if you say you're a growth investor and they say they're a a value, like for instance, EP wealth, um, some of my money I, I manage on my own. And so, and most of my money they manage, they're managing not to lose wealth. I'm managing to create wealth. It's a little different of a strategy. Um, but the retention rate, they don't lose clients. It's just not an industry thing. CFPs are solid. They lose clients. Um, but the percentage is under 2%. Like It's pretty crazy. Um, you should always ask to see their credentials. Any financial person you work with, do they have a Series 7, Series 66, six, Series 65? How do they get paid? When do they get paid? Um. And then you just want to like get to know them a little bit more. I once remember there's a guy on a radio show, a radio station, nationwide, pretty popular. And he had been to court a lot. And that's not what I want from my priests. That's not what I want from my financial planners. Um I'll hire like some people who have been to court a lot. But it's not a good it's not a good look for me. I know you're saying I had a guy come out last week and uh, my downstairs heater. It's time to be replaced. And he had a couple gang tattoos and uh, teardrops, you know, and I wanted to ask him about it, but I didn't want to make that a thing. And he was just great. He was awesome. I think earlier in my life, I might have gone, you know, I don't really want that guy in my house. But I've grown up. People need jobs, and he was as good at his job as I've ever seen anyone. Um, But I'm telling you, I think we all make mistakes. You know, it's the whole John Barth floating up or where are you in your life when you meet someone? Where are you in life when you're talking about retirement? That Generation Z study that I talked about, how they're soft saving because they don't think retirement is important. They're so far away from retirement, they don't realize the mistake they're making. Too far from it, don't understand it, can't grasp it. They want to know what to do this weekend which taylor show in europe they want to go to and give up 10 years of retirement in the process you can always find me online at rob black show youtube is my favorite way of doing it go to youtube or go and follow me rob black show that covers all my work podcasting television and some of my mashups Rob Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth.